20-somethings who are either married or in committed relationships who say their unions are more secure and more honest because they don't believe in monogamy. I just took off my clothes and I had to do it. We're talking about swinging, or as it's known now, living in the lifestyle. We're going to have to get you some monogamy. Technically, an orgy requires a minimum of six participants. This is a new generation of swingers. Babes are coming at you on Friday, Saturday, by Sunday, your nuts gonna be drained. Hi everyone, welcome to Swinging Around, the sex positive podcast about swinging and sex. I'm Danny. I'm Heidi. And today we're going to be talking about the sort of sort of famous book in the in the alternative lifestyle the ethical slut we both read it so we're going to do a review but before uh before we do the review i wanted to talk about um some of the stuff some of the stuff that we've been watching we watched we've been having a lot of fun i've gotten into porn lately <laughs> like let's 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 lay all our drunk yeah you just recently yeah you just bought a uh you you just bought some physical media porn well, i feel okay. like i'm going through a sexual revolution here i <laughs> side, sidebar um, I'm horny all the time. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we haven't had strange in a long time. But even then, we were only like five time a year swingers anyway. I mean, we weren't, you know, in the last few years. Earlier, we swang more when we didn't have kids. Like, and it's funny because in my early 30s, I'm, I'm in my mid 30s now. I'm right at the I'm right at the cusp of going to the upper half of your 30s to the lower from the lower. Um. I always heard like women are in their prime in their thirties and I was like 30 and 31 and 32. And I'm like, I don't feel any sex here. If anything, my sex drive is lower. Like what the fuck's wrong with me? And then in the last month, I just want it all the time. I want to play with myself all the time. I'm like, I look at you and I see like a hunk of meat and I'm a carnivore and (laughs) like, anyway, I needed to satisfy my cravings somehow. So I think we mentioned on a previous episode that I had watched, um, Hot guys fuck like that's it's yeah you know they have they have free videos on like yeah that's true and it's not gay and it's not gay no no <laughs> it's because because that that it's name like college still, guys that game that name still makes me think no, that it's not it's, hot guys fucking each other it's hot guys fuck like they fuck they fuck it sounds like and, like and it's for women correct yeah or because yeah it's because aimed the, at women well because the website's name is like you know it's aimed at yeah their demographic is clearly women and yeah. they and they probably hire like these guys on the cheap you know i mean right over their videos it's plastered like want to be a want to be in one of our videos here's the email address like i <laughs> i don't think they set a high bar i think they cast a wide net well no i take that back they do set a high bar because all the guys that are on there are pretty ribbed they better be hot they are yeah they're hot guys you know they're all they're all pretty ribbed but they're also probably like 21 22 you know like they're they're young that's mm-hmm. okay i don't i don't mind i wouldn't mind it if they had a hot 30 year old in there too but anyway i've needed some extra stimulation and you and I have been banging a decent amount, I would say. You know, although our, I've, I, our I'll admit, I, I'm supposed to. We have not done any, any new sex positions from the uh, our our book. What's what was the name of the book? The Kama Sutra Workout or something Com- like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the um because we had the whole episode where we talked about, mm-hmm. that. and I picked out a bunch of and positions I, and I have not picked out positions yet uh, since our last round, so that's on me. But 
yeah, you just bought some physical porn. We watched, we signed up for, we wanted to watch the David Duchovny show, Californication. Again, we've watched it yeah, before. Yeah, we've seen it before. It's a great show. It's a great show for people who like it's this sexy. show. It's sexy. There's lots of because, fucking. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of, um. Not always the sexiest of scenes, but just lots of sex. A lot, lot, oh, lot of titillation. Like, like yeah. it's sort of like a raunchy. It's made us you know. have some sex after. Um, it was a Showtime show, and it was on Hulu, but then Hulu uh, it, it, it stopped being free, so we had to sign up for the Showtime add-on. And so then, what did you, what gems did you find uh, through the <laughs> so Showtime add-on? So, of course, I went perusing Showtime, and they've got all the usual Showtime stuff. And then at the bottom of the app, there's Showtime After Hours. And I was like, what is this? It's the softcore porn. And they had the AVNs on there. So they had the 2020 AVNs. They have the 2019 AVNs. What are the AVNs? The um, adult video something. Network? New? I don't know. They're awards. They're awards for porn. They're porn awards. They're like the Academy Awards for porn. Exactly. I actually don't know what it stands for. Adult video. I I, I got those two. Yeah. What does the N stand for? But it is, uh, the point I was just, uh, is in case anybody listening doesn't know, it's the, basically the the Academy Awards, the Oscars for porn. And we've always, not always, but we have talked like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome to be in Vegas? Yeah, it's it's basically also a sex, they do it in combination with a sex convention. Yeah, they have a uh, expo, which is always funny because it's always in January. And that's when the big Consumer Electronics Showcase, CES, is also, you know, in non-COVID years, it's also always in Vegas in January. So you have this convergence in Las Vegas of all these tech people and uh, porn individuals, and so we always thought it would be cool to go to the to the sex expo and and the AVNs. Uh. So, just a PSA announcement for anyone who Google searches AVN: the first thing that comes up is avascular necrosis, and it's pretty nasty. So, really <laughs> interesting that that the adult uh, is not top on the list. No, it's not. But anyway, if you look up AVN, porn comes right up. By the way. And what so, is the acronym? I have, I'm still trying to find <laughs> Adult Video News, actually. So it's presented by Adult Video News. That's okay. the group that presents so, it. So is it AVN. technically the AVN Awards? Like the AVN it is... It is, yeah. It's technically yeah. the AVN Awards, yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of like the Dice Awards. And it's where, you know, you, you know, best new starlet, best... You know, best best sex scene, best, best anal, and it's awesome. Best girl on girl. And there so, was no best male on male presented. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but it wasn't presented in the movie. And, well, because we watched a like like what's on Showtime is absolutely a condensed version because it's only an hour long, and they skipped through some of the announcements yeah. that are included in the Wikipedia. But I thought this show was it totally lived up to like what I had in my head like this uh, this awesome celebration of yeah. porn and sexiness it was i loved watching it it was great it, it was really fun and we picked up a couple where we learned about a couple, a couple of titles a couple of a couple of titles we want to check out a couple of um a couple of stars that we want to that, mm-hmm. that we want to check out yeah there was angela one white, chick who kept on winning yeah side. angela white like and then small he, hands was winning a lot so, yeah the the, the porn uh, star small hands and he's in the he's he's in the blu-ray that you just bought he was he, yeah and but there's actually a couple of other, like, almost, I think every one of the male, the best male porn star nominees, they were all in their upper 30s. I think the youngest was 39. They were all, like, 40, 41. I was amazed. Like, men have really made porn acting a career. <laughs> if you yeah. are in your prime, 
in porn acting in your late 30s or early 40s. I mean, if you think about professional sports, you're in your prime by you you've probably passed your prime for most professional sports by the time you're 35, unless you're Tom Brady and you never age. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, hockey, you're you're and, out by the time you're 35. Let me just say in retrospect, I really wish I remember so this is a complete NFL side side tangent. I remember when the uh the the um NFC conference, well, the, that's a, you know, that's ATM machine, but the NFC championship was being was being played and and it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and I and I told you I'm like being being Detroit Lions fans in the Detroit market mm-hmm. you know I'm like I don't want to root for the Packers but I also am, I do not like Tom Brady so I'm like I don't want to root for either team here who went to Michigan and we're Michigan fans which is still yeah, kind ma- of weird yeah I just don't like him I don't yeah. it doesn't matter but um from that but I now I I really is that because of Giselle Bunchett? like why no I don't know it's just Maybe you get tired. Like I, I don't know where the root of it is. You get tired you just, of dynasties. You get that's tired for of sure. dynasties. Like and, you want. And like, he's part of one. Like, uh, but I actually, I never liked Tom Brady even back. I remember during college when he, he was he really is pretty you know, hot. Though I would totally watch a Tom Brady porn. By the way, well, there's a, a well, not a bunch, but like you know, he had weird. He has weird fashion. I know there's a bunch of pictures. Like he used to wear um, Uggs all the time. And, but the, this tangent that I'm going on, which has not nothing, sexy at all, which is way. not related to the show at all, but just uh, for you is that, man, I wish the Packers would have gone now because with Tom Brady, that was his seventh, that was his swan song, his seventh Super Bowl, And so now forever, his legacy, because before at six, he was tied with, you know, we just got done watching the last dance with Michael Jordan. Like he was, Michael Jordan had six NBA championships. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady had six Super Bowls. Now he has seven, and he's going to be like that name that we just cannot get away from forever. Until it's somebody just, beats it. Until somebody beats seven, but that's going to be really hard. And so, Well, it's going to be a long time from now, too. And so now, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers has one or two. I, he's won the Super Bowl for sure once that I can remember, but Yeah, so you'd, ra- you'd rather him but win But now, retrospectively, I, I'm like, man, at the time I was reading for, I, I wasn't really rooting for anybody, but now I'm like, man, I wish Aaron Rodgers would have won just so Brady didn't get to seven because now it's just going to be, you know, it just forever just hearing Brady's uh, name right up there with um, with Michael Jordan. I have no idea how many championships Wayne, Wayne Gretzky won. Do you know that? No, that I don't. Let's get back to talking about porn. I'm enjoying that talking is about sexier. sports. This is not talking geek. Um, so I, it, I was not disappointed or let down in watching the AVNs. It was not stuffy. Like I never, ever, well, it started off with like, it started off with kind of a, a red carpet kind of show, Yeah, which but, was fun. but, but it was and all they porn were chicks and, and they were, they were, they were clearly <laughs> drinking. It was not stuffy at all. They were having interviews, but the, the content of the interview was, man, I really hope I win best new anal. Like, and then like, they, <laughs> and then, then they so went funny. right into, they had like a, you know, a, a party. They had like, I mean, it probably wasn't five minutes, but it was like a three or four minute, you know, just, uh, just dance, like sort yeah, of, they had, they had a well known dj who was dressed in like a penis outfit or whatever like he had a suit but yeah. it was there was something risque about it but this was super fun like i and so here's another and it's open to the public here's, like unlike the oscars like the general public can get tickets to this. exactly that's why i sort of um we've i didn't say that earlier but when we've thought about going obviously it's because the general public can get tickets and so um I have not ruled like watching it wasn't like oh well we watched it but we don't need to go if we were ever have the opportunity to be there like that would be fucking awesome. I agree. I, and, I will say like Vegas in January is still pretty damn cold, but yeah. Whatever. So like, the only time I've been to Vegas twice in my life, and you've only been there once when yeah. we went there we together, went for New Year's. and then I went again for work. But when we went, we were there 
we were young. Um, we weren't. We were out of college, but just barely out of college. We didn't have much money, and we thought it'd be nice. Or you know, we'll go um, over Christmas break time frame, and so we went, and it was chilly, chilly as hell. But it was really fun to be in Las Vegas during New Year's Eve. There's only a couple of places like there's yeah. New York City, Times Square for for yep. New Vegas Year's Eve. Was, I mean, they had Vegas a, was they uh, shut down the strip. And Vegas was amazing. It's fun, but there's a like it's telling that like I'm a humongous movie person. And I never, ever watch the Oscars. I'm always interested in what gets nominated, and I check out, you know, I'm really eager to check out the it's award. It's boring. The, the, I have the winners, watched it. The winners in the morning, I always, or like the morning after the show, I always check the winners. But I have never, I never have an interest in actually watching the Oscars. I have. You're not missing a lot. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I mean it's not like I've never seen parts of the Oscars um, paltry, paltry banter. But it's just boring attempted and, st- and stuffy. But the the AVNs, they're fucking. It's like a party. It's fun. Yeah, if you have Showtime, check the, check it out. It's awesome to see the performers like in our in our sort of still sort of uh, sex negative culture that uh, that we live in. The porn is always so, sort of talked about and hushed. Like it's not mm-hmm. like, and it's just fun it's to see. It's still a faux pas. People are not open about their porn watching yeah, and the and fact I mean, that they watch and it. And I mean, neither are we with in general life, but it just was fun to see a celebration. People getting awards, not being ashamed that they're doing porn, um, celebrating being, they were super being excited. excited to get these yeah. awards. Some of them like, were like, this has made my career. They're proud of their work. It's the directors, super, the actors. It's incredibly a sex positive sh- um, atmosphere, and it's it's awesome. And so we've only watched the 2020, so that's um, mm-hmm. on Showtime. And it didn't feel dirty at all. Like I no. want to throw that out there. It did not feel dirty. And I don't. It didn't feel skeezy or slutty. I mean, it felt like a celebration of it sex did. and sex media. And I don't know if Showtime has. I don't know if Showtime has a dedicated app, but at least with the Showtime add-on with Hulu. The 2020 is up there, and the 2019 AVNs yeah. are up there, and so we've watched the 2020, and we still we're both looking forward to the 2019. I, I don't know if Showtime has a dedicated one, and if it does, if it has even more, um, even, even more uh, additional years. Um, I don't know. So the next thing, uh, real quick, is talking about the we started our journey on. Um, we we watched we're starting Superman Triple X, so we watched we our first scene. So we watched so so we did a whole review of Dirty Dancing Triple X last episode, and so now we've watched the first scene of Superman Triple X, and I haven't seen it in years, so it's basically like a rewatch. Like a, I don't remember yeah. what the scenes are. It's interesting to me thinking about how you watched it because I know you didn't watch it all in one sitting. And you watched it without my even being aware of it. Not like in hidden secret shame, nothing like that. Just like I had gone to bed and you were still awake. But it, it's funny to me to think about you in the basement of our old house watching porn by yourself. It was yourself. usually the living room. Like, oh, that's even different. Like, I pictured you in the basement. You I watched most room. of my porn in the living room upstairs. I was just like 10 feet down the hall. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's Superman related. The funny so. things I missed. So it's I, I I enjoyed it. The first scene, sex scene was hot. It had nothing. It was not from any of the characters. From it was like mm-hmm. you know the pilot and we had like a big bay window in the front. You could see the the TV from the window. I hope the blinds were closed. Obviously, you closed the <laughs> blinds. I can honestly say I have never watched porn on a TV without you. I've only ever watched it on my tablet. Oh like, no! I'm not, I, trying to no, make you I'm feel not saying just because I was in the living room doesn't mean I was watching it on the TV. Though. Oh, I assumed you put it on the flat screen. I don't think so. I, oh. Most porn reviewing, like I went through a period. I actually, I think I even talked about it on the podcast back in the day because I, I actually remember just describing it. I went through a period where I discovered, like shortly after, shortly after we had 
gotten our first Chromecast and you mm-hmm. can learn that, oh, it's it's really easy to to cast stuff from a tablet up to the TV. And so yeah. there's probably like a good six months there where I was casting my porn up to the TV. But now it's just, it, it's been the same for years. It's just tablet the, in hand, just penis the in the other. <laughs> sleeve, tablet, sleeve. sleeve. And then I have yet to... Uh, do you ever jerk off without a sleeve now? Just curious. I do, with, but I really enjoy the sleeve. I mean, do you ever... I mean, how... When you masturbate, it's mostly with a vibrator. That's probably 50-50. I'd say it depends on, like... It depends on how much time I have. So if nobody's home, you better believe I'm getting out a vibrator. And it doesn't <laughs> happen often that I'm the only one home. I mean, it's very rare. You know, once a month, maybe. And, and for an hour. But... In the evenings, if you're in the basement, like, watching TV, I can't always tell when you're coming upstairs. I can usually hear your footsteps, and I don't want to be walked in on because then, like, you lose the mood. And so <laughs> usually then I don't bother to get out a vibrator because then it's hard, to, it's hard to, like, stop midway. And, I mean, I guess I should be okay with being caught because then maybe you'll join in and exactly exactly sex, but, exactly but then but, i'm like i don't know you you get a little embarrassed or you get a little flushed like secret shame like i got i got caught there's masturbating no, there's like, no shame in it and i have to say like all, the other thing about it too like you can call it jerking off what do i call it i can't like i just say jerking off but there's nothing to jerk so like what is what is the female female watching, equivalent well of I, jerking I, off like, I, what, I, what is that? I, playing I, with the bean it's i mean often say. you can say like it I watching, don't like saying diddling. Well, watching porn, jerking off, they kind of go hand in hand unless you're not watching porn while you're masturbating. Never. And so you or can just... rarely. So you can just say watching porn. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, because why else would I be watching porn if not to play with myself? That's true. Now, I have played with myself. Like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning and I can't fall asleep. You better believe I'll play with Bean to fall <laughs> back asleep. But then I have to be just careful not to shake the bed. I mean, I guess that's where... Having a um, a foam bed helps because it doesn't really shake. But but I have you ever I, done that? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have with you next to me. Um, Although I think I usually wake up and then I just go back to bed. Like oh, <laughs> but it's that I do mash. Like I typically do masturbate with the sleeve, and I usually and I use spit for the lubrication with the sleeve. And I know lube does feel better, but the problem is, is I feel like lube is messier. I feel like spit is less messy. But also, you absorb it back. But like, also needs to be um, reapplied, reapplied quite a bit. Like if you were to listen, like just be in a separate room or just like <laughs> they're listening. Are you just like, like yeah? Well, you hear the porn. Well, actually, you probably you might you may or may not hear porn because if it's I might sometimes I, a lot a lot of times I go silent if I. Oh no! You gotta have the sound. I like but, the sound. But then you'll hear like the I like the like, grunts. Probably like every like two or three minutes you hear like the spit noise and I spit in the sleeve. So then, you know, the sleeve it's is... kind of gross. The sleeve is lubricated. That and would take then, me out of it, I feel like. And, I don't. I use, I use lube. Like, if if I'm using a dildo, I go with lube. Or I, I like, get myself nice and wet I first like and I go without to, lube. Even with lube, but, I feel like I have to reapply, even though... I mean, we have some nice... We have some nice water-based lubes, and we have... Um, and we need to buy more of that fuck water. That was good. It was only, and it's fun to say. I like that because of the name. Fuck water is funny. We, we have... <laughs> um, like, like, we have some nice lube. The only... I, I, just, I just feel like lube gets a little messier and it's a it little, is, it's a little it, your body doesn't like soak it back in as good I think. exactly i mean and 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 i mean and that's the point it's not supposed to so it keeps it lubricated more but yeah I, so um man we, we really got off on a tangent here we did it's good <laughs> you know i think our listeners deserve a little sexy talk we're all still coronavirus you know out we're all still you know maybe not everybody i'm sure some people are out there banging away but 
we're still hold up. It, I don't mind hearing about other people's sex lives and I'll talk about my own because maybe, maybe us talking about fucking will turn someone else on and get them to fuck and then that turns me on and listeners, then we have this like downward spiral of fucking. Like, listeners, write in with some sex stories. We, we, we'll, it'll get us hot. Yeah. How uh, have you been, how have you been keeping yourself busy and, and how have you been introducing energy and new ideas and excitement into the bedroom? when you're cock blocked from swinging because that's what we say like like swinging is there to be an extra to the relationship sometimes it enhances your own relationship it's not there to take the place of but it sure is fucking fun to, exactly. to do mm-hmm. and when you can't do that you need to find another outlet for your fun so for us we found porn pinball you know, pinball well <laughs> that is not the same outlet unless we're fucking while playing pinball and we haven't done that yet well you know, yeah we did yeah we did we've i've i well, the you. one time i yeah. fucked you while you played turtles and then... yeah that's true <laughs> yeah uh if you're confused about what we're talking about listen to talking geek we have a whole uh episode on pinball not uh, on pinball while fucking just pinball well that's true that's true <laughs> no sex talk in that and uh that was our new our new thing in 2020 should um, we talk about ethical slut Let's do it. So okay. Ethical Slut was a book I've heard about a lot um, when people talk about... Um, quintessential quintess- books. Exactly. There's, books. There's three that come or, to mind. Or, there's Opening Up by Tristan Tiramino. There's Sex at Dawn, and I'm sorry, I don't know the, remember the author for that one. And then The Ethical Slut. Like, those are the three not, books not, that... Not, not, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I'll call a spade a spade. I don't even know the author of um, Sex at Dawn, I'm sure. like we. I think it's a couple of authors, but... Last year, we bought... Um, Ethical Slut and Sex at Dawn. So Sex at, you'll be a review probably coming in 2020 at some point of Sex at Dawn because we bought that. Yeah. And so, but they're different, very, very different types of books too. Well, I mean, I guess I'm not Sex entirely at, sure. I haven't read it. I think Sex, Sex at, at Dawn, Dawn is, is more is of a, a scientific, like his, historical. So like, sort of like an anthropological yeah, of, why, about why sex, humans... I believe. But I don't want to talk out of my ass too much because we haven't read it yet. Well, I so. talk out of my ass all the time. Every time we talk about movies, it's out of my ass. And you correct me about... 70% of the time. Although, going back again to our talk about the Oscars, I've fallen, in the last two or three years, like, I've definitely fallen off, like, I mean, especially during last year with COVID. Like, I don't know, I mean, they're all probably, like, like Netflix um, stuff, but I, I, I don't know what's going to be nominated this year. Well, I, the Oscars aren't until April this year. I mean, they would have been, like, last week. Usually, they're, like, the second week of February, so everything's been delayed. And there's a lot. Of, I don't think the nominees have been officially announced announced yet, but they're it's getting close. There's a lot of rumor mills, and I think Netflix is is high up on on the list with a, quite a few, you know, potential nominations. So, so we bought Ethical Slut last year on our favorite our favorite uh, place to buy things, Amazon, of course. And I didn't know this, but it's up to its third edition. So it's written by Janet Hardy and uh, Dossie Easton. But what's interesting is if you had a previous version, I don't know if it's version uh, the second edition or or if, or if they had. I know that on previous editions they did not go by their real names because they talk about that in mm-hmm. this version that they were using pen names uh, to help help themselves be anonymous, and it it sort of speaks to. Um, their own journey of well, their out, own right? their like own it's... journey, and also just our, you know, you have to be careful in the sex ne- negative culture that we live in. You know how how much pu- how public you make yourself, and, and and they put themselves in this book quite a bit. A lot of the examples are direct from the lives of the authors. Like they they do have a lot of examples from from others outside of their experiences, but 
they pull personal stories quite a bit and talk about they do and it's, i did this or i did that or i you know like and it's, it's enjoyable i i enjoy that and so it was this version the third version is um it's from 2017 the book was originally published in i believe 2003 also, 97 97 right. they've also added content to be more accessible to the changing atmosphere so they they reference too that since the book was published um, polyamory and the polyamory lifestyle has become much more common and it's it's um you know something that they want they felt they really needed to talk more about and so that that's mentioned more in it than original versions and they've just kind of updated it also to be more general gender neutral as you know cis bi trans all, all the different orientations um they also wanted to be sure to represent which i think is great the book is very very inclusive and accessible to um basically anybody who wants to have any sort of sex that is not monogamous well I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second i have thoughts about that but i want to see what are your thoughts like after reading this mm-hmm. if somebody were to ask you uh, a vanilla person or mm-hmm. uh, but who you're comfortable talking to about i guess this topic but if somebody yeah. were to say what is the ethical slut like describe like what is an ethical slut just tell me what what your takeaway is from this book how would you answer that so i don't think the book ever really truly defines an ethical slut maybe they do in the very beginning but I think really it's it's a person who owns their sexuality, who makes choices about how to have sex and whom to have sex with and when to have sex that are within their own boundaries, but also don't break the boundaries or step on or hurt other people. I think when they say ethical, it's meaning doing what makes you feel good with, without harming others in the process. Yes, I, and I agree with that. Great, great... Um... Great description. I, yeah, my takeaway is that the ethical slut is really about taking back, you know, there's, you know, quote unquote, t- you know, trying to own the, slut. own the word slut, like being okay with that label and not, but also then being ethical about it. Like there's right. not, there's, there's ethical ways to there's being a good human and there's fucking your brains out and they're combining the two. Exactly. Saying, you like, can do both of these things. And, and society might tell you, you can't, yeah. but you can, like you can be a slut and you can be ethical about it. And my, also my takeaway is that they use slut to, I, I mean, even in my own head, um, misogynist, misogynistically, if that's uh, like a super misogynistically. long, misogynistically, misogynistically, <laughs> Um, you're not a misogynist though no but i do have the thought like i usually associate the word slut with a woman as does everybody yeah so is that a misogynist to think that or like it because it's like part of this i mean that's what i was i think it points out to a misogynist culture but But, doesn't necessarily mean that you yourself are a misogynist but i definitely think about the word so it, it is it is reading it's as a promiscuous a, woman i, I mean you, you might not have had this but i did whenever they referred to like like it's like sluts are all of us like i'm like myself like i'm a slut you but, are such a fucking slut but you don't think of it as, as you know they use it to define everyone yeah. who's open not who's who's enjoying sex really i mean it's yeah it, who's it's, able to enjoy sex in all its forms mm-hmm. and the book does do a great job of um being inclusive they they from everything from complete com- complete nymphomaniac sluts to to asexual to a you know they 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 recognize that you can be an asexual slut 
which is interesting. I did find that, like, it wasn't very long. It was, like, just a few pages. And I, I did find, think that was a little bit of a stretch because it was trying to be so inclusive yeah. that it was trying to include everybody in saying you could be asexual. I, uh, it's a bit of a stretch, Because well, then I it's think. applying just, like, familial love and friendly love and those aspects that are not sexual to sluttery. And, and I do think that... That is a stretch to me, I too. do think that... Um, like, I think it is specifically sexual energy, sexual, um, and, and so, but the the book is very inclusive of all groups, but I do think it is catered primarily towards polyamory. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you there. There is a section that references swingers or individuals who are in a committed relationship, but have sex with individuals outside of their committed relationship. I mean, they do talk about that, but it really is, it's about free form flowing love. And all of the examples are, are surrounded about They're They're all around people who I'm loving this person, but then I'm going to go love that person. And I'm going to have this boyfriend. And I'm going to have that boyfriend or, you know, and while well, my partner has this friend or that friend or this person that they seek this thing from, but they seek something else from another person. And like, that's I think that's because of its attempt to be all inclusive, and because of that, it it is. It has to swing towards polyamory because that's what polyamory is. It's very fluid. It's very you know it could be like any, any combination of people that you can imagine living and breathing and fucking together is polyamory. Versus, if you look at just swinging, we're we're a very small subset. So yeah, we're a subset. I mean, I guess you could say that. Well, no, I was, I was going to say like swinging is a, a subset of polyamory, but I don't think that's true, but I think this book, um, it's a version of slattery, but different. yeah, it's, yeah. it's the, this, this book is very much a, well, let me back up for a second. Who would you recommend this book to? A variety of people. So I was thinking about this as I was kind of typing up some notes that for things that I wanted to, to at least jog my memory on and there's a few groups that I would would recommend this to. Number one, I would recommend it to anybody who is not in any sort of lifestyle and is considering going into a lifestyle just to open their eyes to the vast array of ways that you can be. You know, I mean, if somebody's mm-hmm. like, I, I, I want to swing and I think I want to swing and they're only closed minded, this might be a way to introduce people to be like, look, there's this, there's this whole other way of living that our society looks down on but people love and you can do and we think you could do it ethically so you know i would i would certainly point beginners into it but i think even more so it's it's really good for the people who are in a relationship and are looking to change the relationship or have stumbled upon some version of polyamory already and they're like i don't know how to handle this and i don't know what to do with my emotions or i need i need some help on working through what we're feeling or what we're going through because there's a lot of exercises in this book that I think are are good lessons and things to try like working through your jealousy or working through arguments or you know just how-tos it very much reads like a how-to guide and so I think like if you're initially a monogamous couple and now you found that you're your husband or your wife or your partner has or yourself or yourself yeah or yourself has has feelings for someone else and you want to explore how to do that i think there's some really good advice in this book or you're a swinger and you want to try something new and you don't know how to broach that with your partner there's advice for that in this book like there's lots of advice 
Um, but reading it cover to cover is hard because there are a lot of chapters that don't apply to me right now at my point in life. And they were a little bit of a struggle bus for me to get through. And then there are other chapters I was like, oh, yeah, I can learn from this. I can grow from it. Like, I think it's very much like a pick the chapter and read the chapter that's applicable to you right now at this time in your life. I agree with most of that. Um, I was going to say a second ago, like, I agree with all of that. Great insight. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I don't agree with is I didn't find it. And you had read this book. You had, or you had started this book and got a good ways into it uh, before I did. And yeah. then I sort of um, picked it up uh, this year because uh, I know you had read a bunch last year. And I picked it up this year and just sort of plowed through it. Um, so actually going back to what I had asked you, who I recommend it to, I would recommend it to everyone, but because I would recommend it to everyone. There's gotta be an asterisk to that though. Well, yeah, because it's tailored. I would recommend it to everyone because it has a great message. One of the great takeaways is that there's no single way to love. Monogamy is... Mm -hmm one way and they acknowledge that monogamy is is acceptable for people but it's not the only way and so i think i think you know even if you're like a teenager who just wants to understand love in general because it gets very quickly in our culture and i speak about our culture united states culture because that's what i'm familiar with it's and i can't i'm not going to say that it's a universal but at least in our culture it gets sort of it's it's sort of universal ingrained that they're monogamy is the right way and yeah. the other ways are you know either wrong or hush hush we don't talk about it. i mean especially like i mean we're not out people don't know about us and i mean um there's i no... think it's becoming better like our, kid, I... our kids had a children's book where one of the characters had two dads and they didn't think twice about it like yeah that's that that's true um so i i guess the short answer the, the the quick answer is i think this book's for everyone in the broad sense that it's it's sort of good to Either if for if you're really young, you know, and you're you know you're just becoming a you know you're just becoming a sexual being that maybe reading this book you can start off from the gate like understanding like there's there's avenues that are open that I might not even consider and then there, there are but I don't think every single chapter is is applicable at that point in your lifetime but because and there's chapters about like you're married and you're you're arguing how do you work through well, it well like, you know like there's some very actually, specifics in I there actually that disagree I, I well and then I was going to say well first of all let me fin- I, I, I'm going to say that like some of it is um I I took a different view from you I think mm-hmm. in terms of like trying to apply everything to my life some of it was like what applies to me because you and I are comfortable with where we're at but also it's like there is also um, sort of a voyeuristic like window into other sure. people's lives. Well, I, I agree with you Which there. is I think there's utility in in maybe that, maybe you know that that's not for you. But if you're a young person, you know, if you're 15, 16 reading this book, you might be just exp- like learning about what even options are there. So I, then I think almost everything's applicable. And then if you're older and you sort of and and you sort of learned what works for you, but maybe you're not closed-minded or you're sex positive in the way that we are but you want to just read read more and just become more learned about Mm -hmm. um just sexual communities that you may or may not be part of that i think it's interesting to have a window into a polyamory lifestyle like i know that i am not built for uh polyamory like i'm built for um, adventurous swinging and, and having a, a, a healthy sex life that in, like a non-monogamous sex life in this and and um, and that's with one I'm, committed partner and like that's you, what I'm you want for. one committed like life partner yeah, to like share we, your like, life with and we like to 
play outside of that, but like I there like I am not built. There is too much time. Like I mean, time is a commodity in the way that money is a commodity, and I just don't have. I know that I am not built for the mm-hmm. for that type sort of even the time management, the the commitment in terms of feelings. And I know that you know, but it's 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 super interesting. Makes the point that love is not a commodity. That that's a huge point and takeaway from this book that like there is, time may, time may be a commodity and money as well, but but love is not. Like you can and and and, and that actually is a big point of this book is like that the 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 um what is it the, the scarcity fallacy or I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. The, where, I think that's exactly what it's where called. Where the yeah. where it's you know we only have so much love to give and. Like we're we're taught that we only have so much love to give, and so and I you think can't, you can't share it, or you get you get that's that's what leads to jealousy. But essentially, my take well, it also leads to choosing like feeling like monogamy is the only option. Yeah. Um, and so, but I've also learned that I there's there's people who might read this book, and one of their takeaways is I should strive to be as open. Like like I might not feel polyamorous in the way that my lifestyle is, but I should you know mm-hmm. the all the, the like the echelon, the upper echelon of the, like what I should strive towards is that sort of openness. And I don't, that's not my takeaway because I know what life is complex and life is busy. And, um, I know I just don't have the time or the desire to make the time. Like, you know, I always joke with you when, whenever people say like, Oh, I don't have the time for this. Typically it's, I didn't take the time for this. Like you, yeah. you probably can make oh, the time. I, I haven't read that book because I, I don't have the time. And you're like, no, you didn't take the time. It wasn't important enough in your life to take the time to do it. But I know, I I know that I'm just not built to want to to, to expend the energy to to um yeah to have multiple serious partners, multiple but multiple primaries. The book mentions that. Sometimes love happens and you're not looking for it. That you can, you can, yeah. you can fall in love with somebody unexpectedly. That it just happens, and now here you are. Do you, would you be at a point then well, where you a, would just write that off? Well, that's a great that's that's a great point. Um, that is a serious thing that I guess we would have to like, and I say we, and not just myself, but like if we're well, yeah, to, we're together. It would have to be me included too. Well, yeah, but I guess like my first thought is like we and so I, um would have to deal with that when it came up. But I just knowing myself, like I don't, I'm not looking for it. And so you almost have to hope it doesn't happen though. Like, cause, cause I mean, it could, what if the love bug strikes you and you just meet somebody that you're like, man, we clicked so well and we fucked so well. And like, like I well, just can't stop thinking about them. And, and then I well, guess in your head, you have to think, is that infatuation? That's is a bridge to cross like, when it, it happens. Um, well, yeah. So what are your thoughts on what I'm talking about in terms of like, I'm not, I know that I'm not like this book is, is so I guess I started off saying like this book's for everyone, but it's really geared towards um, like it's like it's bread and butter is polyamory. But I like I'm like it's sort of a window. Like there's there's things that are directly applicable, but there's things that aren't. But the things that aren't, I can it's sort of a window, and I can you know take appreciation of those lifestyles and take things and learn maybe bits and pieces from them. Um, I so. I I agree with with some of that, and I I do think that that's. Um, that covers a lot of the content because it th- there's a lot of testimonials in it, like direct quotes from people who have described their lifestyle and situations that have happened. And I think that is an important aspect for people to understand no matter where they are in their relationship. So from, from that perspective, I agree with you that it's, it's applicable to a, a broad range of people. 
But there's also a lot of content that is how-to. It even calls itself a guide in the back. Like, it's part of its own. Like, on the back of the book, it says it's a guide. And it's true. Like, there's a section about finding clubs to go fuck at. There's a section about, um, you know, kind of setting up a profile for online swinging. And so some of those things are not really a window as much as a here's what to do if you're interested. And so that's why I think there are sections that, on the whole... I think it's applicable, but that's that's why there were some periods where I was reading this and I was like, well, I don't really need to know this. I already know it. I've already lived through it. Maybe if I had read this a decade ago, I would feel differently. But there are aspects of the book that are more guide-like and less window-like that um, were a little more, I don't want to say boring because that makes it sound like the writing itself is dry and it's not, but just repetitive in content because I, I wasn't necessarily learning in some of those sections. And I always like to be learning. So when I'm reading, I like to, to read about things that I'm not aware of, like you said, a window. So if I'm reading content that's that's things that I already know, it becomes a little more of a chore for me. And I found that there were sections of the book that were like that for me. But, okay. but, yeah. but that doesn't discredit reading the book on the whole. To me, the book, if, if I were to go into this again, I don't like just picking up a book and not reading it from cover to cover, just personality style. But I could see people picking this up and 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 advising them read through the chapter descriptions and read the chapters that look interesting to you or that you think are applicable because i think the chapters are aptly named and and see i would say read it for the first time cover to cover i think i i, I think even if there's things that because there was no point that i personally thought like there was nothing to take away from this um this chapter now i agree with you there might be things like there's might be chapters, the jealousy chapter them, or there might be things that like you might want to revisit and that are even more directly applicable to your life mm -hmm. that may, but I do think it's worth a read, um, to begin with. And so I guess what it part and, and, and also, but I think we're both saying there's value in the book. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's, it's a fantastic book, but it's, it's, um, like, like there's caveats there, especially, um, and the one thing I don't want is that, somebody to come away from this like strive like like i guess what i was saying earlier like thinking that the, the that there's only one true the, way well the pinnacle is that you like if you're if you're only swinging like you like like if you're only part of the swinging community that you're not open enough like you haven't you mm -hmm. haven't opened yourself up to everything i don't think the I, book ever comes across that way no no i, I'm I don't say, think it ever I'm not puts saying it value does, on one way or another but it spends all. i I'm not saying it does, but what I do think it does is spend uh, an incredible amount of time with polyamory. Well, that's where there's, so more, I guess, there's more permutations, right? There, there is. And so, but, but I could see somebody thinking so much of this book is dedicated to this and so much of, and it seems like, and not even just with this book, like there's, um, like, it's like, well, if I'm open a little bit, well then, then I should probably be open. Like I should, I should strive to be open all the way. And I don't agree with that. Um, and I don't I, think I, you should strive and I, to be and, anything. and I'm not saying that this book advocates for that, but I guess I'm just saying like if there, there, you could imagine a scenario where it's like, well, my eyes are opened a little bit, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, the more your eyes get opened, and the more you're open to things, the better, the the the, the yeah. more of a uh, even more of a sex positive individual, and that's where it's I think getting back to who's this book for? I think it's for everybody, but it's also. I think it has great utility for those that haven't experienced much, but I also think it's um, it's a reaffirmation for me also to read read this 
and then be like recognize that I'm comfortable enough with where I'm at. Like I know that I'm comfortable with this the the swinging that I don't like. There's things that like I read that and I'm like, oh, that's in-, like the window into the world. It's like, well, yeah. that's interesting, but it's not a lifestyle I would want at all. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have the time or the desire for it. Now going back to what you said. Like, what if something just happened? You met a person, you made a connection. I guess where this book is sort of a reaffirmation is recognizing... They can help you work through that, Recognizing too, you know? that, hey, maybe I shouldn't just discount that right away, but I'm the sort of an individual where it, I feel like that would it would be... Like, not discounted, well, but... Well, it's another it, form of love, though, right? Like, if, if it happens, then I think at least you can embrace your emotions if you then at least recognize that you don't want to change your lifestyle even and, if you feel a certain way and i don't want to and i don't want to speak for you um I'll, I'll let you do that in a second but like for myself i just know like having been an adult for a while been married for a long time um i mean even though i mean we still feel relatively young like although we have to grapple with like you know 35 is getting to be like it's not young anymore uh as much as we might feel young but we've been married for a long time and just being comfortable with our relationship like i'm comfortable with the relationship and I know what I'm okay with. And I know like there's been journeys along the swinging. There's, there's, there's there's been things along the swinging journey. Go back and listen to the first few years of our podcast and you'll hear it. But there's been, and there's been, and there's been a lot of journeys along the swinging um, spectrum, you know, what we're comfortable with being, being soft swap and then full swap. But, and I think we have made there's there's been a lot of developments in our sexual Mm -hmm. lives there but i have zero interest in a secondary partner somebody like you know because the book talks about oh i'm gonna go you know splitting up your time like i'm you know i spend x number of nights you know at this other partner's house and and i don't and and i feel like i you can speak to and i'll let you speak to about yourself but for myself i'm just like i don't have like I there's there's only so many hours in a day. Well, there's and... there's time where where we feel like we haven't connected and we live in the same household. So I can only imagine the difficulty if you've got someone living in another household and how you stay connected to them and how you manage jealousy of somebody who's a secondary partner over a primary. Like there's there's so much to to think about. It gets and very complex very very quickly. So I've been doing a lot of talking about. So tell me about sort of how you reflect with the book and how it's made you. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the book is divided into four sections. Welcome, the practice of sluthood, navigating challenges and sluts and love. And I took a, I read the first two sections and I took kind of a break in reading the third section. And I, I don't know why I took a break, but I did. I just kind of took a break and I was reading other things too, other, other, um, fiction books. Yeah. You like the, I've been going on like a big Agatha Christie run. So I'm monogamous with my books. You are not. I am polyamorous with my books. Yeah, I'll I'm, read two or three books at the same time. I like to have one book going at a time. I'll have. I'll other, read a chapter of this I'll have one. Other reading material, like one. I have, um, I have, a, you know, I have the book I'm reading, and then the comics that I'm reading. So I'll, you know, I have other material to read. But in terms of, like, I like to read one book, and that's yeah. it. Like, I've, I've, I've dabbled in poly in book polyamory, <laughs> but I'm like. I'm just, oh, I'm I'm head in, head first in. I I always feel like I'm never making enough progress as much as I want in a particular, you know, when I'm when there's when there's the analogies here are are you know can't be understated, but like I always feel like I'm not making enough progress in the books that I'm you know if I'm reading multiple books, I'm like I just need to focus on one here. I, uh, so I I stick with one. Don't you ever want a little dabble of strange? Like, oh, I'll read a chapter in this book because that's what that's totally what it is for me. I'll read, and I'll have I, a primary and a secondary. The books that I gravitate towards. Um, 
not not fiction books, like 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 a single narrative, like like a Stephen King, but like when the nonfiction books that I gravitate towards always seem to have like um chapter like where it's it's very easy to do what you're saying yeah where, but i still don't i i prefer you know i'm on a mary roach kick at the moment i'm reading um a bunch of her and mary roach you know she'll have a whole book on on a specific on topic, what's happening yeah. with you know um uh cadavers there's a whole book and but like each each chapter is like a different thing that's different going topic, on you know yeah. like here's here's like all the like science behind like um behind de- decomposition let's or not here's veer a, too off the sex or here's 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 decom- a whole chapter on um crash test dummies and so they're all, they are very segmented but i and so it'd be very easy to read one chapter here and then go to go to another book but i but i just like to stick with one book i don't yeah that was a very long-winded way of saying i like to stick to one book but I like well, to it's, switch it's an analogy for this for, it, it for everything we're talking about. Yeah, it is. But it's funny <laughs> because you don't dabble in the strange, and I do. I'll read. I will tease myself. So I'll read a couple of chapters in a book. It'll a chapter will end on a cliffhanger, and then I'll switch books and I'll go and I'll read something like I'll be reading fiction and I'll switch to nonfiction. But getting back to my original thought, oh, I gotta say, speaking can of, you stop. Fic- I want to keep no, going no, with the I, I, here. I, I have to make a joke or like talk about. I always, whenever somebody says fiction or nonfiction, like in the same sentence, I can never not think of How I Met Your Mother when Ted, Ted Mosby, the like main character. I mean, there's like, you, know, you can argue that they're all the main characters in the show. It's but, his story. But he's the one with the narrator. He's, I can never forget the like joke and kudos to the writer because it's, it's so clever, but also so, so obvious, but it's only obvious like once somebody makes it, but like he's going to like visit boring relatives and he's like, they only have like certain books. They have fishing and non-fishing. <laughs> That's a science nerd joke. Well, not I mean it's a play on you know fiction, nonfiction. And yes, so, but it's still uh, a nerd joke, absolutely. So, so go ahead. Well, after reading those first two sections, which are basically an introduction to what sluttery can be and all the different ways that you can combinations and you know it's 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 an introduction and the practice of so you know there's some sections on safe sex and some sections on you know those those kinds of areas too, but. I found myself contemplating, do I have enough love in my life? (laughs) Am I missing out by being monogamous or by being a swinger? Relationship monogamous. Relationship monogamous. Yeah. Like like sexually non-monogamous, not monogamous, but love wise, absolutely like monogamous. You're more open or even, even asking yourself that is, or wondering that. Is me like it lets me know that you're at least like more open to the. Well, it it had me curious. Like, am I missing? Well, it, it was it was FOMO, really. I think it comes down to FOMO, fear of missing out. Like, like they're talking about all this, all this love. Love is infinite. You can love anybody. You can love multiple people. And I was like, am I missing out? But I didn't think of it. If you let me finish here, I didn't think of it in terms of am I missing missing out on romantic love. I was thinking. Am I missing out on all of these other relationships that are loving relationships in my life? Because I'm kind of a jerk. I don't call people back. I'm terrible about texting people. I hate Facebook, so I don't frequently comment on anybody's anything. You use Facebook all well. I guess I'm. I am not a judge because I. I'm a non-Facebook user, so I'm like when I see any Facebook user, I'm like, oh, there's a, they're, you know, they're a Facebook user. Like they're like, so I'm not, a, I'm uh, on it maybe once a week and not even that. And if I am, I don't comment. I probably comment on something once a month. I mean, it's pretty rare. I don't post hardly anything. So, but, but getting them back to my point, I wasn't 
feeling like I was missing out on romantic love. Like I want another partner that I want to be romantic with. But like, am I missing out just on other forms of loving other people outside of my family? Yeah, yeah, that's what it got me thinking about. Like, because I'm, I don't think I'm a very good friend, frankly. Like, I'm not the most friendly of people outside of like where I have to be at work. I don't really take a lot of effort in maintaining friendships. I I prefer friendships where they're the kind of people that you can talk to twice a year and you're like, you're good. You know, I I definitely don't like high maintenance friendships by any means. And so I don't know, like it got me thinking about that. And then I took a break from the book and I got back into it. And the second two chats, the the last two sections are much more about the sex side of things and the jealousy side of things. And there's a chapter about orgies and all that kind of stuff. And so then it like, I don't know, I had time to process those thoughts. And I was like, yeah, I probably could be a better friend, but I don't think I'm missing out on romantic love or the possibility of that or like, like just having more love in my life. I mean, just the love of our family and each other and our children is, is plenty. And I know I'm loved. Yeah. I, I agree there. Um, and I guess I can never shake the culture that I was raised in. And so maybe it's the culture, like, so it's, it's tough, it's tough to tease out. Like I was born where I, you know, in the United States and I was, you know, I'm raised in the United States culture, which is a monogamous culture. I mean, I mean, almost like it's rare that that's not the, well, it's frowned upon it. It's rare that that's not the norm, but I guess like I do have to recognize that maybe my feelings of like, Oh, I don't need, um, romantic love outside of our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe that's just ingrained. Like maybe I was born in a different time, a different culture, a different different um, feelings about sex and relationships. I would feel differently, but I don't like I like the relationship that we have. And now, if we didn't open it up to swinging, I feel like we would. Like both of us getting back to, we still need to do a review of Sex and God because mm-hmm. we finished this book. Yeah, we finished Sex and slut. God. Uh, long ago. Both of us finished uh, Sex and God a while ago. We still have. I have all my notes, but. You know, I always come back to it's just a my my like big gigantic take takeaway from that book is a is a sexual social um, scale, and mm-hmm. so both of us are just higher on that, and, um, but not as high as polyamory. But I just know, like I'm like it's sort of like you know people who say like joke like I'm not built for speed or whatever. Like I'm not built for yeah for can only handle so for much. multiple for multiple romantic relationships. Like we can handle, I can handle. Um, the jealousy and um, seeing you with other with 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 other guys and being sexual and flirting and all of that and um, the, and not to, and those are things that I've had to work through as well is like learning that and I would like to comment that you know you mentioned that section three in the book which is which is sort of more of a how to was not your favorite section but I think it has one of the most important. Se- chapters for me well it's not, section three has the best of the chapters because it's got navigating jealousy well, then it's got making agreements was it's, it section two yeah i think section two is was the slower and i think well, that's true and i it think has... that's that's why i took a break was because i read through section two and was like oh i need a break but i and i think the jealousy chapter is excellent it's always it's something that like, i mean like you and i don't talk about a ton about it um but it is it's something. It's, it's it's still something that like creeps up. It can creep up even if you've been swinging for a while. It can creep up and and one thing that they talk about in this book, which um, I learned on my own, but it's good to have uh, affirmation, you know, from a book too. Is like sometimes like you feel jealous and it's like a, a immediate reaction, but then if you just let it sit, like you realize like like you could just like 
process that and just like just like not even yeah don't like react just, to it just, just not re- just it. sit with it for i mean it could be months even and just sit with it and you recognize like you can get over jealousy and i've always said that jealousy is a secondary emotion you're and they talk about that in this book also that jealousy is not a base emotion like we're it's it's not like yeah. anger or happiness it's it's sort of something else is triggering jealousy it's it's a it's sort of a secondary emotion you're jealous because the underlying like you're scared of something else happening yeah. or it or you're scared of your partner leaving or you're yeah, or it's, your it's feelings, not a primary color. feelings of inadequacy or anger but there's there's a baser emotion underneath jealousy always the jealousy is not a base emotion and so if you can and 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 it's interesting because you can just like sit and do mental exercises like is this something i'd be comfortable with and after and and like what what are the ramifications of and like these what, things happening? what am i afraid is going to happen or what am i angry about and, and figuring that out and just know? and sort of just process and and, and just sort of processing things. And this book talks about that. And I think the, the jealousy chapter in, in section three is fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's one um, of the, one of the better chapters. It's highly relevant whether or not you're, um, I mean, it's highly relevant to everyone, yeah. but whether or not, I mean, it's, it's especially relevant to those in non-monogamous relationships, but be it swinging or polyamory. And I will, um, I was just looking through the chapters and I will grant you that some of the chapters really are more of a window than than anything else, like I mean, the whole chapter on child rearing, like we're not yeah. gonna like, like I mean, it sort of boggles my mind. I mean, a sort of a lot of um, times I was like, well, how does that work? Like they do talk about child rearing, and I'm I'm like, well, you know, what other are the logistics? And they talk about it, but they don't talk about it. Like it, they don't get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, and they don't need to because the book isn't necessarily about that. But like some of the stuff, but I'm, it's supposed to open your eyes to other options and, and permutations. You know, because, of people. for instance, they'll mention you know, oh, we used to live in a, sort of sort of a semi commune while my kids were growing up, and they and you know there was you know lots of caregivers. But it's it's uh, maybe this is where I'm naive or um, but I'm like I'm not even sure how that would work. Yeah, and, and I thought to myself. Damn, that's pretty cool. If you have multiple people who like your kids and you trust and off that, like someone else can go pick them up from school every now and then. Like, like I think about, um, I think it was a, is it HBO or Showtime that has the the show Weeds from years ago? That was Showtime. And and the the opening theme for that TV show is this crazy old lady singing. She seems crazy in my mind, saying "Little boxes on a hillside, little boxes <laughs> full of ticky tacky," and it makes me think of. We are growing up in a society, we're raised in a society where everybody lives in their own little house and we're all individually compartmentalized. And even though we're living in a, we live in a subdivision, a very suburban area, you know, there's people on either side of us and there's, we're, we're in a, a subdivision, a neighborhood, lots of people. Hey, don't, we, don't charge changes. We have, we, we have an acre of land here. This is, the, that's <laughs> yeah, ours. See, we're, so we're we, not, it's, so, so it's our, better our, than where I grew Our neighbors up. are that's... right there. Like, it would, it would, you'd have to lob a, so- a baseball pretty hard to hit our neighbors' But house. we're still a bunch of little boxes full of ticky-tacky that all are independent of well, each sure. other. that's true. You look at Google Maps and, you know, that distance. That's all it looks like, That yeah. distance, uh, you know, it fades shrinks. away very quickly. Like, it looks like, you know, little boxes. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so, like, to, to my point, like, we're all in these individual little nuclear families living on our own. You and I were not raised with a... a a broad family. We weren't raised with grandparents and aunts and uncles and all that that we well, living we, with that, us. that we saw frequently or living with us or 
you know, mine were all in Michigan. Yours were all over the country. Well, my so. well, my dad's family was all here, and so I mean, to, I mean, I guess I would but say I'm, I'm not done with my point. Both so, of us did see family quite a lot. We saw them, but we didn't see them. Like it wasn't natural to come home and have your cousins over. It wasn't well, natural true. for any of that. It was like a, we're going to go see your cousins for Christmas, or we're going to go visit your cousins this weekend. We haven't seen them in a month, or you know, it was it was like that. But when they talk about these group lifestyles, I'm like, man. Kids are hard. It would be great for someone else to take them to swim class who I trust so I could get that extra hour of work that I needed to get done today and not miss my workout and and know that someone else loves my kids too and they love them and they may not be a parent. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you know, I don't want to live in any kind of a commune and I, I like keeping the money that I raise for myself. And, and, and I guess... And that makes me compartmentalized. But But there's some aspect to that that I find intriguing not enough to change what i do but but there's some like again it comes back to like is my community too small because it takes a village to raise a child or take you know like is is my community of people just a little too small and and you and i have been so isolated and you know we don't know our neighbors very well and so i like like i said it, it hasn't made me question my romantic love but it has made me question if i'm not open enough in general with relationships with other people and that has nothing to do with covid covid has made it more hard but that's just me as a person being closed off to those types of relationships i don't make friends easily as it stands but and i'm i'm i guess i'm fine with the way that uh, um personal life is and so i guess most almost all my talking points are from takeaways from the relationship standpoint um so, I, I guess sort of, um, I don't, do you have any closing thoughts? Because I don't have much more um, to say, except that I think this book is for everyone. Um, it gets into maybe some more nitty gritty, like if you aren't into polyamory as much, there, there's some nitty gritty. But for every nitty gritty, there's a chapter that I think is a, is sort of universal. And even the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. I think, is, like I keep saying, a window. And I think it really is great for everyone everyone all the way down to um those you know 15 16 year olds you know who are just learning about their sexuality i don't know that i would recommend it for 15 16 year olds because i don't know if they know even enough about love and life and all of that well well, this this would just blow someone's mind well i agree i agree and that's exactly why too much that's exactly why because i think it's perfect well I think it's a perfect book for somebody. Like I would give this to a teenager because I don't. Let's, let's check that in ten years. Because I don't. Well, I don't wait. Know. What's that comment about? Because well, like, are you going to give it to our son? Yeah. I I don't know if if I well, agree with that. Are you saying that because you don't? You, there's you wouldn't want them to go down that lifestyle. No, I'm not saying that because I don't want them to go down the lifestyle. I think the information of even learning about all those other lifestyles and permutations is you need a certain level of maturity off the start to even be able to comprehend it. And I don't know. Well, that's why I think like 15, like, like upper high school, I guess I think like when you're still young enough to like reckon, like to still be exploring sexuality and to not even know what your life in the future is going to look like, you haven't even made a framework yet. And so like you're open, like, like just knowing that it's okay. Hey, there's the way that like, I might have feelings that, you know, maybe, maybe you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend in high school, but maybe there's something that, like, like, ooh, I, like the idea of like, ooh, the secret, like what if I had two boyfriends? The rest of society is so close to that, that you have to have a child who, 
who is, or I guess a, a young adult who is mature enough to understand that while they have those feelings, most likely the vast majority of the other people that they're dealing with do not. Otherwise, you're just opening them up to make some decisions that will ostracize them. Well, no, Because no. if they're in high school and they think, oh, maybe I could have two boyfriends, that's immediate slut in the negative way connotation. And well, they're screwed for the rest well, of the Well, that does school. go into... Like, other... You've got to be really careful about that. That actually is going down... And I, I said I was almost done, but I probably have about five minutes of uh, interesting avenue that it was mostly during the first section one, I guess. I didn't really, like, section one is sort of just talking a little bit broadly about society and things. And so that is sort of an interesting point that you are raising. It's like, what is the goal? I mean, we often talk about being in the being in the closet, not being in the closet in terms of swinging. And what does that mean? Like, we, like, we always say, like, our sort of go-to is like, well, we don't talk just in general about your and mm-hmm. I's sex life. Why does anybody else need to know that you know details like we're gonna go to sex clubs or we swing but the what the book did sort of make me think is like if if you want to make change in the world and make it more acceptable like like what role do we as swingers and we as the non-monogamous lifestyles have to play in that like are we comfortable are are we comfortable where the lifestyle is and where we record just it's all about the sacrifices you're willing to make and if you're willing to make it i mean it you can draw parallels right back to the gay movement and what what risks that they were willing to take and there were gay people who who lost their lives and still even still are ostracized and but it had to happen to make change and so and, and, you know, and do do you want your child to be one of those people i well, would be proud of them child, if they did it but i don't know I that guess, i wish that hard life on anybody I, I don't think it's a hard life i mean i don't think that we made it a hard life i mean you can and you can have discussions like i think being part of being like we're still feeling out we have we still have young kids but and sort of being a sex- i think it would be a very hard life if you were were polyamorous and openly out about it in school and especially if you're living in a I conservative think, area i think there's something in here i think there's something super awesome that if you're not ready yet or if you know that where you live isn't ready maybe you want to wait till college or maybe it's just something i think it's super comforting just knowing that that's even something that is okay just on a, on a philosophical level maybe maybe you don't even apply it to your life but just i, th- I think there's something comforting like i never knew that mm-hmm. we had to discover it on our own but would it have been a little bit cooler like i mean is there a sense of like hey we, we discovered this on our own and and sort of a coolness in in that because we didn't even like i had in high school i had no idea. i mean even like graduating high school like i didn't know what a swinger was or yeah or, like, I'm, that I'm there just, was... I'm, i think it's cool but i think that message can only go to someone who's mature enough to understand that this is a possibility and not the way it has to be. And you have to be careful because like, you guess, do have to be careful. And I guess as a parent, we are going to have to think about these things as our kids grow up. Like what is this book? Actually, I didn't even talk about any of this yet, but like it did make me think like earlier, like they talk about like, like I had the thought, like, is this a book that we should put on the shelf? Like if we hide it and then our kids, like, you know, kids snoop, kids find things. But if they find this book, what's more damaging potentially to their to like understanding sex positivity and like understanding and being okay with feelings you may or may not have. I mean, maybe you're maybe, maybe our kids or just kids in general, if I can be more universal, don't have those feelings. But like, what does it say if it's like, if, if we want, like we, like we want some change in the world and sort of um, non-monogamous lifestyles being more open, but like, what does it say when like, if we hide the books away and I'm not saying we should put it out, but I'm saying I've at least, I've at least thought about it. I'm like, what does it say if our kids find this and like, oh, they weren't comfortable putting this out. This is something shameful. This is something to put in your closet where nobody else can read it because that's where this is going. 
You know, when we finish, we have our we have sex. We have well, our regular. That's, that's that's making an assumption and a conclusion that our kids may draw, but it, it's one of many different. Because this is an academic book in the sense, like this isn't a titillating book. It's a book like to be read on an academic standpoint. And but so it's it's it's, it's a guide. I don't put it in academic. Well, what I but it's a lesson in it has, being open. But I it's think not it, an academic. You could book. teach this in college, and it wouldn't be. It isn't porn that like is just pure for titillation that you put away because it's just really not appropriate but i mean and so i guess to your point and it's a you know a, 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 a larger discussion for a, a bigger time and it's like i have thought like is this a book that i should be i should strive to, like in terms of you know i'm not striving towards uh more open relationships between you and i but like is just letting our kids know that different relationships are okay in the same way that like our kids have the the book with a you know when we were kids when, we they're, have... when they're at the right maturity to handle it and that could vary with both kids that could vary with many kids true, true, true. and and our kids are not at the maturity level to handle it now and i don't feel like having to to tell our our seven-year-old what what the word slut means well, like because he can read it, he can sound it out, and then he's going to ask, and that's a hard question. It is, a, it is, you know, and, and I don't want him to use that word at school. So. And that's something that sex positivity as parents, like, what is, I guess, and that's you know, you're raising fantastic points because like, it's not a word we want to use at school, but is that like, is it? I mean, and part of, but part of this whole book is like reclaiming that. Is it a word that sh- that we should strive to like? Make- it's reclaiming it for the people who read the book. It's hard, like. I don't see that the word slut just being used in in the vernacular. I don't like. No, I'm, I'm and I guess I'm being more broad in the sense that like, what is the response? Like, like, do we are we part of the quote unquote problem if we, you know, read a book like this, think that it's fantastic, we learned, we there's things to take away, there's things that we learned weren't for us, but they're fine for other people. There's there's no judgment, but then it's like. Well, we got to put this away. We can't let anybody see that. Sex we read and God this. is on the bookshelf. Sex at Dawn is on the bookshelf. We have plenty of things at the bookshelf. But I think you're being a little hypocritical because you threw Perv in the trash. Oh, I did, and part I'm still conflicted about that. So I'm you know, still like, conflicted about, and and yeah, there's and you can be conflicted about hypocritical behavior. And so I I guess and I don't have any solutions for myself, but I, I have thought these things like what role maybe it's you know being in the swinging lifestyle for a little while it's like i think it's the same thoughts that anybody who's considering activism has anybody who's you know there's people who have debated well, do i need to participate in black lives matter because i agree be- with it there's like, a difference between active activism and passive i guess like well like, putting the book on the shelf is passive activism hiding it is antithesis of that i ex- suppose and so i'm just but <laughs> hiding it for because your children are just not no, not old enough for the I content think, is I think different. If we had, I think if we didn't have children at all, we would still consider, you know, family comes over, parents come over. Like, I think um, we would probably put it away. No, I don't think I would. I think I would. But, I don't. But I, I, but, di- but I think, and so that's something I struggle with. Like, I've like, had that book sitting out on my nightstand for weeks when my parents and my brother both came over and probably could have seen it. Well, the kids like, can come over too. Or the kids, you know, kids go in the our, bedroom. Our son has seen it, but he hasn't so I guess that's the, asked so, enough questions about it yet. But... It's just something that, you know, as as a member of the non-monogamous community, I used to, I, 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 I like waver on where I feel because like sometimes I'm like, and even within the same, I mean, it could be the same 24 hour time span where I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, it's kind of cool to be part of a secret, like, you know, underground thing. It's like, but is, is being part of an underground thing, like not promoting it and making it stay in the shadows and making it the, not shameful, but you just like, you're not open. Like, for instance, we've said... Um, just even you know, ten minutes ago, said that 
oh, people don't know, need to know about our, our sex lives, but is there, a, like, is there anything wrong with saying that, oh, sometimes I might want to go to a, like, like, oh, I was dancing with this other, with this other guy at a club. Like, you know, if, if, if your parents or my parents or friends asked, like, is there something, is there, is there something wrong about that? It all that? comes down to tolerance. And even if you don't agree with somebody else's way of life, you need to be tolerant of it. And I mm-hmm. don't think we're at a point in our society where it's, there's tolerance there. But I don't think that saying that necessarily is, at least for me, the part that I struggle with, that I have a hard time with is like, well, yes, I want to fit into society and the society's not ready for this. But unless you have people that either subtly, by putting a book on a shelf, try to break down barriers or literally go on like marches and things to try to break down barriers, like at what point is there a responsibility I'd say by having this podcast, we are trying to break down barriers. Maybe, well, you know, there's, there's, I do think that there's more forward people than others, but that's we're, true. Are we use our real names? We're out here. There well, are plenty we don't. Of people who we are... specifically, we do not put our names in the episode titles or episode descriptions. We try to hide, like, you cannot find, like, you, we, 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 we if try you to... do a search for Danny and Heidi, you'll find us. And I've actually thought about that recently. I'm you like, you will find us. Um, do we want to try to mitigate that? I mean, it, it's all these things that are like I'm fine with it. I don't. Yeah, I and and you and, find what you find when you go searching for it. And that if all that's what you go searching for. Then you're gonna find you know. And that all came up from from section one, which is like you know. Yeah, you cover um, you. I guess like you 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 find what you search for. You know, you go, you're a kid and you're snooping for Christmas presents and you find them. Well, then you're gonna have to live with that, right? Like that's that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. So good takeaway. I you know I I struggle with what sort of advocacy, if any, we should make towards being sex positive. Um, we marched in the sex positive march in Louisiana. We didn't let anybody know that. I took a picture while we were there and sent it um, to my parents. So they didn't know it, but any, any concluding thoughts on the book? just read the book or skip around however you like to read things yeah I it's worthwhile i think and it's not expensive it's a paperback i mean it's it's a it's a worthy spend yeah. to put on your bookshelf at home or leave it on your coffee table well i yeah we're not coffee table people we we, we don't really leave any like books out like on the on, on the coffee table. have you seen our coffee table lately there's a copy of Harry Potter oh, and the Order of the Phoenix down there. But I mean, there's, there's people a... who like, you know, when people say coffee table books, it's because it's a book that's supposed to, you know, yeah. has a nice cover that you, you know, put there that's as something... like set, set decorating. And... That, that could change when we don't have children who are constantly making a mess on the coffee table. But yeah. for now, we're not. Yeah, I agree. So with that, let's move into our Mary Fuck Blow. Mary Boff Kill. Beyonce, Paula Abdul, and Oprah. Dude, that's beyond easy. Boff Beyonce. Kill Paula, marry Oprah. So this time out, we were watching, uh, we're doing a rewatch of the Fast and Furious movies. So this, we're doing a Mary Fuck Blow for Fast and the Furious characters. Lots of movies to choose from. There's Although eight. Although not, not a ton of characters. I mean, well, I mean, there is a lot of characters, but like. The I women mean, switch out a lot. If you look at the women, like there's, there's a revolving cast of women. More so than the men, I think. I that, I don't know. I don't know. My initial thought is the cast stays fairly steady throughout. I mean, in, starting in movie five, they add it, they add and they come together. People who had been, you know, maybe in one movie before, not, then they all converge in sort of five. And, and ever since five, it's sort of a big ensemble. But um, 
it's sort it seems stable to me, but maybe because I'm super familiar with the movies. Like if you weren't familiar mm-hmm. and you tried to like listen to like a synopsis of like the movies, you'd be like, what character? How, how many? The only and the I'm only, able to keep track of it in my head. The so only woman who's been stable since five is the is Michelle Rodriguez. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, but there hasn't been that many other than so there's been uh, Michelle Rodriguez, the uh, the Mexican, the Spanish um, woman that uh, from five and nine. Uh, um, Gal Gadot, um, what is her, f- uh, I can't think of her, uh, Mich- uh, Brewster, uh, Jordana. Jor- Jordana Brewster, um, let's get in, uh, let's Gina get into the actual Mary Fuckboy while you're just naming all these women. Gina Carino, um, she was from, only in one, in one, in one movie. But I guess, I guess just cause I'm, maybe it speaks to how familiar I am with the movies that I can just like, you know, I just know all these women. <laughs> But I wouldn't say like people who have been in one movie are a constant cast. That that actually proves my point that it's a little more revolving. But anyway, let's let's get to the actual Mary mm-hmm. Fuckboy. So who do you have? You want me to go first? Or you want to go first? I'll go first. So we need is it Mary Mary Fuck Blow Kill? So four people, yeah, right? Yeah, That's we how we four. how we do it. Okay. <laughs> so your choices are Mia, who's played by Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster. So she she's the sister for to Tom Toretto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you don't have to get the descriptions. I I know them. Although I guess I'm for the not listeners. giving description for <laughs> you, Giselle played by Gal Gadot, so she's like the tall, skinny one. If you know Gal Gadot, she's just a part of the crew. Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Letty, she's like the girlfriend of of the lead guy Dominic Toretto. So that's three. Um, we're gonna go with Elena, who is the blonde who shows up in five movie five. Right, she's a cop. I think she's more of a brunette in five and then she like has like she's goes blonde for movie nine or movie eight well I think. The, the picture that i'm looking at at her of her and the and from the internet, although maybe she's, she's blonde, a dirty blonde so. but i think she, she she we just got done watching movie eight and she definitely looks more blonde so those are the four all right I, i'm gonna go with yep um oh, well, I, was, oh. I was gonna throw oh you're throwing i was gonna one? throw um Ramsey, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie Emanuel. Oh, you got to pick Ramsey. four. You got to, which one are you not including? Oh, throw Elena out then. So it's, it's Mia, Giselle, Letty, and Ramsey. Those oh, are your it's in no, four. Qu- no question. Kill Letty immediately. She's, <laughs> I was, I shouldn't, I'm just not into Michelle Rodriguez in the slightest. Get her out of there as fast as humanly possible. Um, and so then Mia, Jordana Brewster, she does. I don't feel like that actress, unfortunately. You know, I mean, Mary, Mary Fuck Blow. I'm judging you on on looks for a lot of it. I mean, personality comes into place for in terms of you know your character in the movies. But yeah. Jordana Brewster, I I don't think she ages well for the later movies. Like in movie one, she's smoking hot, but I think like after that, she's not. So, um, so I will fuck her for movie one. Okay, and then. Definitely marry um, um, Giselle Gal-, Gal Gadot. She's hot, and I think she's got a cool personality. And she's she's only in two movies, five and six. Um, but she's I think she's a cool character, and she's she's she was an endearing character. I felt bad when she yeah. when she died, even though she was only in those two movies. And so I and so the blow um, Ramsey from are you are you blowing her or is she blowing you? I'll 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 eat her out. I feel like she's I feel like she's got a sweet pussy. I guess. <laughs> Something about that actress. Um, although I have to say, we watched the trailer for the ninth movie, which isn't out yet. Um, she doesn't look as good in the ninth movie, but I think we just got done watching eight. Like, we're going to watch eight, and then we're going to start back over at one, because we started with eight, 
because we got it for Christmas, actually not this Christmas, but the previous Christmas. And mm-hmm. so we hadn't watched it and we just watched it. And so now we're going to, we enjoyed eight so much. We're like, let's just do a rewatch of the series. And so Ramsey was looking really hot in eight to me, but she doesn't look so good in, in movie, movie nine, I but, will but I will eat her out. Okay. El- Elsa Pataki is, is the actress who plays Elena. And she's definitely blonde or dirty blonde in Fast and Furious. Oh, and then and she's married to Chris Hemsworth, by the way. Oh, I didn't do the yeah the fuck the I will fuck her because I didn't. That do was the, what was left. That yeah. was the that that was what was left. She's a hot choice. She's married to Chris Hemsworth. I mean, she's he's hot. I did not know that. I didn't either. I the, the Googles all the Googles here. It's funny that all the Chris's Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, all the they Chris's. look very similar. We could too. do like we should try to do a Mary fuck blow of, of the Chris's of well just people with the same name. Yeah. I feel like that'd be hard for women. Check out this picture of her in the heels. You you would fuck that for sure, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's a picture of her at the premiere oh, yeah, she's for fucking, Fast and yeah, Furious she's 5. She's hot. But that hair color is the color it is in the movie. Okay, like like a dirty blonde. I mean, she, you know, I mean. It's still blonde. It's like, it's like a natural blonde. Like, that's pretty much, if you're a blonde, it's rare that, I mean, I'm blonde. But it, your hair darkens. If you're a blonde and you're an adult, you're going to have a darker blonde. Unless yeah, you're, unless, unless, unless you dye it. I mean, yeah. it, there are people who it stays light, but that's actually very rare. Most people are dirty blonde. So, my, my so sister who, always, who, are, who are my men here? I want to, oh. I want to know who the men are. I was going to say, it's, it's just, it was, my sister always jokes that, um, well not jokes, she actually like doesn't like it, but she's like, she says that she actually turns brown as she's getting, cause she was like a toe head, just like myself growing up. But she says that like her hair is brown. It's not. It's dirty blonde. Uh, like nobody really changes hair color. You're not like born like a toddler. I mean, our kids had. Are you kidding? Our daughter was born no, with dark brown, no, almost black hair, take a and four she year, is a blonde. Take a four year old, and what hair color do they have as an adult? Like you're not really gonna have like a blonde who has brown hair when they're an adult. Like it straight gets, up, it brown. does get darker. Though. It gets darker. You're not gonna have a, a you know, your hair doesn't. We learned that infants can change, you know, lose hair, whatever. Both of our kids had dark hair, uh, you know, brown hair. But all right. So your four for Fast and Furious are Han, Vin Diesel, so Dominic Fredo, Ludacris, or Tej is his mm-hmm. um, character's And then I have no idea what Tyrese Gibson's character's name is, but Ty- Tyrese. Oh, this is hard. Because none of them are really all that attractive to me. And you didn't give me Paul Walker as an option. So this this is a tough one. And you didn't give me Dwayne Johnson as an option. So I gave you four. again, you left out probably the two most attractive in the whole, in, in all of the Fast and the Furious, you left out the two. I made it diverse. I gave you an Asian. You gave, you I, gave, I me gave two. you Asian, Caucasian, and two black. I know, but you could have foregone, foregone one of the blacks for a white. Like, because well, I, I. You get Han. Dominic Fredo, Tej, and Tyrese Gibson. Okay, this is, this is tough. All right. What's funny is you probably actually already had it formulated in your head. Oh, he's probably going to give me these. No, I hadn't. I, I hadn't given it any thought like whatsoever. I had nothing in my head. Like, completely <laughs> blank. Well, then you but, shouldn't be surprised. But now that you bring it up, well, I'm surprised that the, like two of the big actors, especially Paul Walker, I mean, he's been in more movies than Dwayne Johnson. I'm mm-hmm. surprised you've left them both out. Dwayne The Rock, Johnson. Oh, so anyway, aside from your poor, act, your poor choices here. Poor choices. I gave you the best of the best in your choices. I'll be honest. I didn't think that I gave you bad. Like, I feel like I'm not a great judge. I mean, I'm not. I'm, no. But, he... but I feel like for an Asian, Han is. So before you get your choices, I feel like Han is fairly attractive. I feel like Vin Diesel is. Eh, 
he's like a meathead kind of a look, but I mean, you like your bald man, so I didn't think Vin Diesel was a bad choice. Like, if you're I gonna choose between the bald men, I would have gone for Dwayne. I think Johnson. Tyrese Gibson is like a sex symbol for. He is. Um, he so, is. For the, and then, and then Ludacris. I don't feel like he's an unattractive, especially. I feel like he's aging like 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 like, like a fine wine. I feel like back when he was like a rapper. <laughs> Because he doesn't rap anymore. Can can you stop doing your your impressions and let me give mine? Well, now? I'm just like, telling you. Who, I'm just. Should I ask who you're gonna marry? Fuck blow. No, but I'm justifying because you're like you gave me the worst. I actually did not. I know, but think you're that. stealing all my content here. So let's let let a girl have her day. Like let let the woman be the one. Well, I had to, to justify. Like yours were all hot except for Michelle. Well, Rodriguez. I wasn't asking you to justify who you included. I was asking you to justify why you excluded others. Well, That's I only all. Had four. So anyway. Um, I'm gonna, this is, uh, yeah, this is hard. <laughs> it is, because they're all kind of, they're all kind of equal to me to some extent, so now I have to kind of pick, and while I agree with you that Han is an attractive Asian, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to cut Han off the island, because the other three are a really? little more attractive to me. Yeah, so, so Han has to go. He's, he's cut from the he island. He's not who I assumed you would have killed. Yeah, and, and so then, I think I'm gonna, gonna fuck Tyrese, He's he's a strong man. He's probably got a long schlong. So that's going to be a good sack and romp in the bed. So I'm going to fuck Tyrese. Get that one out of the way. I don't I don't want to suck his cock. It's probably big. And so, and, you know, I don't want to do that. Although I could have him meet me out. But that seems like a waste of a pretty cock. So that's my thought process with him. So we're going to fuck Tyrese. So now that leaves me with Vin Diesel and um, Ludacris. And Ludacris is funny. Like he he makes me laugh. He's he's there for comedic humor. He's kind of a tech guy. He's probably more of a nerd than a than than a wrench wrench man for for the cars. So that means I'm gonna be blowing or having Vin Diesel eat me out, and I'm gonna marry Ludacris. That's that's how it's gonna be. Okay. Ludacris will at least bring me a lifetime of laughter, and I bet he's a good fuck too. <laughs> more so, I think I would enjoy my time with him more than than dominic toretto and his his it's all about family and i'm gonna go fix a car like yeah that's <laughs> we'll just have some some oral maybe a 69 can we do a 69 i feel like that should be allowed in the blow. Of course, of so course. so that would be a 69 which would then lead to the fucking anyway but with dominic toretto and then i'd marry ludicrous that that's my final answer oh i want to give before we end i want to give a shout out to your drink it was it was good do you want to say what it was Oh, we had chocolate martinis. I got the I recipe. Ever, out of I don't think I've ever had one before. Eating, it was good. Eating Well magazine. It was good. Yeah, I had to buy um, chocolate liqueur, which we didn't have in our stocks. And oh, I thought, you putting, I thought you just used chocolate syrup. Well, there there was chocolate syrup on the on the glass itself, but not in the drink. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, so like like you decorate the gla- glass to look pretty with chocolate syrup, but no, it actually had real like chocolate liqueur in it. Well, it was it was tasty. Thank you. It was tasty. It was strong though. It's a martini. Martinis are strong. <laughs> All right. Can you, why, why don't you tell them where they can contact us? They can email us at swingingaround at gmail.com. No G at the end of swinging. And find us on the Twitters, swinging around. Yeah. And rate us on iTunes. Um, yeah. Don't, don't bother with Twitter. I'll be completely honest. I mean, find us and follow us if you want. But we just have a bot that posts when we have episodes. Like we don't. Oh, does it? No, I do. I don't think it does that anymore. Oh well, it did. So, <laughs> so we don't tweet. So don't find us on Twitter. But do email us. We'd love that. And rating us helps us get more listeners. That's like that's the reason we ask is because we just want to put ourselves out there. We don't make any money on this. It's all for free. But 
we're we're giving our love to the world and we'd love for more people to find out about us and listen it's true and we're not ad supported so really there's no there's there's no benefit other than to spread the love all right everyone stay sexy and stay swinging Break.